0: My mind just it, just, it just, it wasn't registering, but I could feel like I felt my gut just wrenching because I understand the finality of that. Yeah. And I knew that it was something that I, I had no control over. It was nothing that I could change. And so from there, I think for me, the way grief looked from there was it started off as, <laughs> this is going to sound silly, but an accepted denial. I was in accepted, mm. but I, I was in denial at the same time.
1: Welcome to another episode of the Ageless Conversations podcast. I'm Tamika from TamekaMcTeer.com. If you are new to the podcast, here's what you need to know. We are a community that believes that there is no age that defines the life of every woman. So every week you'll hear a conversation that I know will inspire you to change your mindset, gain confidence, and live a lifestyle thriving, not determined by age. Well, hello there, Ageless community. I am back today with a brand new episode for you all. Joining us today on the podcast, we have Taisha Andrews, who's an accomplished speaker, trainer, and coach. She has guided others in creating wealth through real estate as a realtor for over 15 years. Taisha is also the owner of Amplified Impact, where she coaches and encourages others to step out of their comfort zone and embrace their God-given gifts, talents, and abilities to make direct impact in their lives and those connected to them. Driven by her desire to see women pursue their passion, she provides a space where individuals can discover, launch, and attain their purpose. As a speaker and coach, she focuses on guiding you along your journey of self-discovery. Her passion for seeing others succeed leads them through a creation and execution of dreams desired. Taisha, welcome to the Asians Conversations podcast. Hey, hey, how are you? I'm so good and looking forward to this conversation. Thank you again for your yes to be a guest here today.
0: Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it too. I'm, I'm nervously excited. <laughs> don't don't be
1: don't be think of it like just two girlfriends having a good conversation yeah. just laughing and talking yes don't even think you. about it as a podcast so <laughs> free yourself for that don't even think about it like that i am free it is gone <laughs> all right love it but before we dive into our conversation today i love to keep this conversation off by just asking you as we head into our mother's day weekend what's i like to ask you? To, this question of you from two different perspectives. One, what's one of the memories that you'll never forget that you shared with your mom? And then what's something that you share in your own mother journey and experience that you've had with your children that you'll never forget?
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's a good question. So I I actually just wrote a little tribute to my mom a couple of weeks ago because I was just really thinking about how much I admire her. My mom is tremendous. She can do anything. She can do woodworking. She can do drapery. She can do upholstery. She she knows how to do it all. And I think I don't have one, I can't say one specific memory, but there's one constant about my mom is that she, what I love about her is that she leaves notes. She gives you notes <laughs> And so whenever I'm talking to her about anything that maybe I'm going through that is challenging and I might be asking for her advice, she always, before the day is over with, will have written me a letter. And I've always lived in close proximity to my mom so she can get to me, walk to me or how, however, and she'll always bring me a letter. So I have a little box full of letters that my mom writes. And I keep them all. And matter of fact, she just gave me one about two weeks ago. Oh, wow. She's done this for years. And so I think that that's just when I think about something that I think about when I mention my mom, I think about her notes that she gives because it's just as me, her me. It reminds me that she's thoughtful in how she gives advice, how she still mothers me as an adult and just the love behind it. So that's, I think that's the main thing that I think about when I think about my mom.
1: I love that. Oh my gosh. So before you even tell me what, you know, some memories that you share with your children, it's a couple of things that you said, and i was just over here, as you can see, smiling and nodding because so many things that you mentioned about your mom, I was like, oh, I love that. So a couple of things, when you talked about some of her experiences and what she's really good at with the drapery and the woodwork and things like that, I'm like, oh, I would love to see some of her work. Or of course it made me think like, oh, I bet you she has spaces that's very decorative and things like that. So I I was thinking of it in a sense of if she was somebody I had the opportunity to meet, if I was ever in her space, that there would be so much art that she created, that it would be a good conversation piece for me to ask her just all about. And, And that's just all something I was thinking about as you were describing some of the things that she's done. In addition to that, how you describe that she writes you those letters. How cute is that? And how lovely wow. is it to know that as an adult, that you can still look to your mom to receive those letters. Like you mentioned, that's something that she's been doing over the years. So it's not new to you, but it's mm-hmm. true to your mom and who she that's is because right. she's always been doing this. And then I thought about it even further in a sense of realizing that what a blessing it is to have those memories of your mom and, and she's here. And what a wonderful keepsake it is that you will have of your mom because she's written you these letters and you'll have them forever to go back in thoughts. And who knows they, those letters could still bless you at a future date. Like, well, when I was going through this in this season, this is what she was able to tell me. And then yeah. in, in final and closing with that one, you, you were able to just say just like something as recent as two weeks ago, she was able to give you something. So I just love that. I love ago. that. But Let I, me ask you, learning that from your mom or having experienced that from her, is that, is that something that you've ever tried to do with your own children as a parent?
0: So yes, I tried it. <laughs> I tried it. Did it feel like work to you? Gosh, it feels like work. I did try it. And I think one of the things for me when I try to sit down and start writing notes to them is... I was comparing my notes to my mom's notes. Uh, that comparison. Comparison. Thing. Thing, and I was like, my gosh. her notes are so just—they make you feel some kind of way. And I felt like maybe my notes aren't so impactful. But I do do it for my youngest son. I I give him a note. I try to give him a note just about every day, and I just put it in his lunch, and he really enjoys those. So I do it more on a smaller scale. But you said something as far as even them being something like a keepsake. And when I think about wanting to start doing that again, I think about how I can pass the letters down that my mom wrote to my daughter or my sons. Mm -hmm. But also it's something that if I did it for them, that they can pass down also because there there is so much wisdom in there. And it gives them something to look back on and say, wow, my, grandma my grandmother, yes. talking to my mom about this. And I'm going through the same thing. Yes. and They can apply that wisdom to themselves. So that's something I do need to go back and revisit because I don't need to think of it as being hard work, but yeah. really looking at it as hard work, just coming straight from my heart.
1: Not only looking at it from, as a hard work, I think of it as what your business is to amplify impact like amplifying the family, the impact for legacies and generations to come and things like that. And I have to ask you this, cause this is something else that came up um, when I was thinking about it. Of course, like I said, these letters, it was just so inspiring to hear you talk about them. How do you store them? Cause I don't know. I just had this vision of a lamination and it the letters being laminated now and really being something
0: that's like generation to generation I to preserve the paper and
1: things like that. <laughs>
0: yeah, I definitely need to laminate them because over time I can see them getting messed up. But right now I have them in a photo box. Yeah. So I just, I keep them all in a photo box and yeah, I mean, it's funny when we think about things that we experience, and sometimes you think that it's kind of normal, but then when you really think about it, it's not something that's normal. Yeah, it's
1: not. Not everybody can say that they've had that experience or received those letters or anything like that. Yeah. So, so you, your experience as a parent, what what's some memories that come to
0: mind for you? Gosh, I think that as a parent, the the memories that I cherish with my kids. With my with my my youngest son, I get him off the bus every day, and so I just t- I really take a joy in being able to walk down the street and get him off the bus. Yeah, <laughs> because I don't know, I I just I love the fact that I'm able to do that. And even though he's nine and he says, I don't need to do that anymore, <laughs> I still light up when I do it. Yeah. So, but I think most of the memories with my kids are just, they're, they all are in sports. My daughter does competitive dance and my both of my sons play baseball. And a lot of our memories are made around just enjoying the activities that they like. yeah. So we spend a lot of time at dance competitions. And those are some of the really great times with my daughter because we can have those mother-daughter talks and mm-hmm. just, she likes to shop. So we, we <laughs> do a lot of that together. And my boys just spend a lot of time with them on the baseball field at practices and things like that. So I think it's just my, our memories are built, mine, I guess I would say have been built around a lot of their activities and just making sure that I'm there to spend quality time with them. and And we enjoy that. I yeah. enjoy that.
1: Yeah, I love it. I love that you was able to share like what you do to support your children and how it brings you joy. Cause some people, I guess they would, they they might be there with the support, but they don't actually enjoy it. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. And, and if you have the three in the sports and going here left, right. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that can have its own challenges, but that's awesome to hear
0: that is something that brings you true joy. It does, but I'm about to have a drive. I have a driver now. So, <laughs> y- your daughter is going to be driving? She already drives. She'll be 17 in September. So, she'll be dropping people off and taking them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's awesome. That's so funny that you say that. So it's, it's funny when I think about this as a full circle moment now that I'm talking about like heading into Mother's Day because mm. I know last year on the podcast and so for anybody that's listening, feel free to go back and listen to it. But I know on the episode that I released last year, I recall sharing how my son was like going to start driving and how he had his permit and things like that. And then now today recording this podcast, I, like I was saying that he, was coming up on turning 16 like a week after mother's day and so the same thing his birthday is in a couple of weeks this month of may and now he's driving he has his license he has his own car and my daughter is already grown driving and things like that and so now my son is doing the same thing and so it's different like like i don't want to say that he doesn't need us anymore but it's like man I don't have to drive on the school anymore. Right. And when it's time for him to go to work, he just go out there in the yard, get in his own car and drive himself to and from work. So it's different. It's different, but I, I do enjoy it. Cause I'm like, yeah, I don't have to be Uber anymore.
0: <laughs> I'm looking forward to it because the this Uber don't get paid. <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah at first there was like a whole fear thing that i had around him driving obviously being a young black male and things like that um living in the south just stuff the news the world it's just a lot of things that you know like made me nervous about him driving but i'm grateful that i have a lot of comfortability now about him driving he is a good driver and things like that so yes much better (laughs) much better Yeah. But yes, yeah, so I'd love to change the conversation up a little bit and just ask you like when you hear the word um, like grief, how would you describe grief in a way that you've seen it personally show up in your life?
0: Oh my gosh, I think it's good when you said describe in your own personal way, because. Grief shows up in so many Mm -hmm. different ways.
1: And most people only think that grief can show up in a way of death. And that is the way that most of us know it and experience it. But it it goes so much further than that. So, yeah, I'd love to turn it over to you. absolutely.
0: To me, grief, when I look at grief, grief is me having to mourn the loss of anything that has either been taken away or something that I it's time for me to walk away from because we can grieve anything that we lose. Doesn't necessarily have to be a person. It could be a job. It could be a, a passion that you had that something maybe you just can't do anymore. You sure. grieve it. So when I look at grief, I've learned to not look at grief always in a negative sense because grief, the process of grief can be beautiful in itself. And I know that that might be hard for some people to understand or people that are in the midst of grieving something to understand. But one of the things that I know that has really helped me when I think about grieving anything is I think about what's the joy on the other side of the grief. And a lot of times when we're in the middle of grieving, we can't see the joy. And maybe sometimes don't even think that there'll be joy on the other side. But I've learned that that's all a matter of perspective. And how we see it, grief hurts regardless, (laughs) no matter what it is, it hurts. It it doesn't have to be a person for it to feel like a piece of you is missing or Mm -hmm. something has been torn from you or ripped from you, depending upon the situation. And I think it's just how you give yourself the opportunity to really take your time to adjust to whatever that new place is for you that new norm or that new place that you're entering into right so I think that really has a lot to do with just how you where you are in your life and how you look at it and for me I've always had great support around me so grief for me I feel like it, it it was more positive than negative although it hurt and there were down times my support system didn't let me get lost in the grief, the yeah. negative part of the grief. Yeah, that for, makes sense.
1: Yeah, it does. And for those that are listening, if you don't mind sharing, even in your own words, like what type of grief did you personally experience? And how did you see that show up maybe for you in a personal and professional way?
0: Yeah. So I, I lost my brother about, we're going on almost 11 years now, and just a tragic accident out the blue. I was at work. And I got a phone call that he was in a, he had an accident and it was fatal. And so I think initially at that moment, when I got the news, I broke down, but my mind really couldn't comprehend Mm. what had happened. My mind just, it just, it just, it wasn't registering, but I could feel like I felt my gut just wrenching because I understand the finality of that. Yeah. And I knew that it was something that I, I had no control over. It was nothing that I could change. And so from there, I think for me, the way grief looked from there was it started off as, this is going to sound silly, but in it an accepted denial. I was in acceptance, mm-hmm. but I, I was in denial at the same time. Mm-hmm. I accepted what happened, but I was in denial of what really took place. Mm-hmm. And when I say that, meaning I had to get up every day accepting what happened. That your brother was no longer here. He was no longer here. And that was a fact. Couldn't change that. So I had to accept that I wasn't going to see him. I wasn't going to hear him. I wasn't going to talk to him. And me and my brother were very close. We talked every day. We lived in the same city. So and we my parents raised us. We're just a really close family. So we had a really great relationship. So I accepted that he was no longer here, but the denial part of of my mind kept on telling me that he was just gone away and he'll mm, be back. Mm. And so I was like living two different two different living in two different worlds. I was functioning the way the best way I could in the reality, knowing that he's no longer here, but my mind was saying, "But he'll be back. He'll be back." Mm-hmm. And I did that for about a year. It was about a year that I my mind was just trying to made me think that he was coming back. And I remember one day I woke up and it was just like, I woke up out of my bed and set up and I said out loud, he's not coming back. And I just broke down crying. So I think for me, that was when the reality set in with the mental. So all of it caught up. Okay. And that's when I really realized that, okay, like he's not coming back. And I think from that point on, that's when I truly began to, the grieving process Mm. because I think before that prior I accepted, but I was just going through the motions. Uh So someone that's just numb, just doing what you have to do to make sure your family's good. You're still working. You're still doing the things you need to do, but mentally and emotionally I was just very numb. And at that point it was about a year later when it hit me. It's like, everything came back. All the emotions came back, everything came back. And I just had to deal with the fact that he really was gone But from that point on, what it did for me acknowledging that switch was it allowed it was an unbelievable feeling of the love of God that came over me. And I can I know for sure from that point on. When we say, you know, that God will never leave you or forsake you, mm-hmm. I, I truly felt that. Like I know yeah. for a fact that he was massaging my heart. Like he had my heart in his hand. He was just like rubbing yeah. my heart. <laughs> love like, I love it. I knew that for a fact. And I tell people when they would ask me after that year was over with and they asked, How was I doing? And and everything, this was going into the two year mark. I said, last year was the worst year of my life, but the best year. It was the worst year because I lost my brother, but it was the best year of my life because that's the year that I truly understood the love of God and truly understood that he really is a comforter. He really will never leave you nor forsake you. And that he really can give you everything that you need Mm. to just walk daily. And that's what I learned. And throughout that process of grieving for me, I learned that there'll be things that we'll lose Yeah. People, like you mentioned, our kids, we hold them close, especially when we look at things going on in the world today. We hold them close. Right. At the end of the day, what I know is that they don't belong to me. Yeah. I would love my brother to still be here. He's got two wonderful kids. They're twins, they're the cutest things. I would love for him to be here with them. I would love for them to be able to experience them. But that wasn't the way God saw fit. So, what I had to do is I had to learn how to find joy in that. Mm -hmm. I had Mm -hmm. to learn how to find joy in all the memories, Mm -hmm. all the things that we enjoyed together, all the things that we did over the years and be thankful for what we had. Yeah. For me, that's just, I think that's the best way that I can describe how I've, how I've gotten through the grief. There aren't times that I don't go in my shower right now and break down yeah. And cry. I still miss miss him every day. And I know people say that time heals things. I don't know if I'll say time necessarily heals. Time helps. Yeah. But the when you lose someone or something that hole is still there. The space is this the space that they filled is still there. Yeah. So you just replay, you. You have those memories there that was filling that filling that that void, but it still hurts. It yeah. I can wake up tomorrow and bust out crying because it feels like it felt the day. So it no,
1: happened. yeah. Is it safe to say that giving yourself time to process and through your time of processing, that the
0: word of God was a comforter to you? Oh my gosh, yes. That's it. It was everything. I mean, it it really was everything. To me, because I had to look at that was the first time I ever lost somebody in my family that was close. That was close. That was my first that was my first experience with loss. Yeah. And uh, I don't think no, I know that if it wasn't for the word of God, I would have been in a deep depression. I, I know I would have. I just wouldn't have known how to cope on my own I would have had too many questions Mm. I would have wanted to know why and I probably would have racked my brain around the why and how and all those things but I know that because of my relationship with the Lord it wasn't a why I didn't ask why Mm -hmm. I just thank God for what we had and I asked him to help me find joy in it
1: yeah wow Wow. What are some things that like, do you have a process or a step that you maybe take yourself through when you feel like, like your mind is being overwhelmed with Mm -hmm. just some of the what ifs or things that, you know, that are not of God and you feel like you're being consumed with them or maybe fear is kicking in. Do you have a process maybe that you follow to get yourself back up
0: out of that? So so my process is at first have to, slow myself down <laughs> because when fear creeps in or all these thoughts and, and it kicks off emotions and feelings and it it it's like a, a domino effect. Mm-hmm. But I'm learning I've I've learned and I'm still learning how to catch myself really quickly when I go there, regardless whether it's fear or imposter syndrome or doubt mm-hmm. or any of those things, I first have to I I know I have to slow myself down. And then I sit, whether it's just standing still somewhere, sitting somewhere. And I have to ask myself, okay, what, what am I really thinking on? What am I really telling myself? And where does this line up with the word of God? Mm-hmm. Is this true? This is line up with the word of God. Is what, is what I'm telling myself line up with the word of God? And then I have to ask myself also, like, where did that come from? Where did that thought even come from? Mm -hmm. What made me think that I was afraid? What what made that even come to me? Or what made me think that I wasn't good enough or I'm not worthy to do X, Y, and Z? And then from there, once I line up with the word of God, because nine times out of ten, it don't line up. (laughs) (laughs) Nine times out of ten, it don't line up. It's just something that I've told myself. Because I, I got a feeling and it made me feel like less than or I compared myself to somebody else because I was mm-hmm. doing too much scrolling yeah. <laughs> on, on Instagram or, or social media. But once I line it up with the word and I know that that's not what God says about me or I know that fear is just a spirit and that it's not one that I need to be consumed with. Uh-huh. Then from there, I just tell myself whatever the truth is yeah, and then I have to keep on going. And it's not and it's sometimes it's easier than other times. Right. It's than other times. But I do. I have to stop and I have to just remind myself of who I am. And then I have to decide I can either sit here and still wallow in it or I can get up and decide to just go and take action and do whatever it was I was doing.
1: Yeah, and then continuing to remind yourself like who you is and get past that point of comparison because if you stay watching what other people are doing and things like that, the level of comparison can kick in for you and just kill everything about you because you are constantly in that state of comparing. How do you continue to move from a place of like comparison and a place where you're like self-sabotaging and looking to see what the next person is doing and it's like, oh, well, I didn't do that or I didn't get this or I didn't do that. How do you continue to stay on a place of moving forward beyond comparison and self-sabotage to a place of just gratitude and being grateful for what you have experienced all the things that you continue to learn and just continue to move forward on your own journey not looking to the left or right and so on someone else's paper so to speak
0: yeah and you know what that's funny that you say that that's what my coach says she says should keep your eyes on your own paper oh wow <laughs> That's exactly, and she's told me that for years. So that's funny that you say that. I think one of the main things that I had to do is I had to remove my ability to be able to look at other people, meaning like don't get on social media and start the scrolling throughout the day. Make sure that I truly, it took time, it it has taken time, but understanding that the gifting that God has given me Is unique to me. Mm -hmm. The gifting that God is giving you is unique to you. Yeah. Even if we're doing the same thing, we're not going to do it the same way. Right. I'm going to do it one way, you're going to do it another way. Understanding that the people I'm going to attract may not very well be the same people that you attract. So having to really, really put it in my mind, Mm -hmm. in my mind that God created me a masterpiece, I am unique. I'm created for a specific purpose yeah, and that nobody else can fulfill that purpose. And it sounds silly maybe to say, but I have to remind myself that, that I'm unique. Like there's nobody else out there that can do X, Y, and Z like me. And I don't care what they say. That's right. (laughs) Yes. I have to remind myself, (laughs) I have to remind myself that. And so what I've done is like you said, gratitude, writing down, be, being grateful every day and taking time to write what I'm grateful for every day. And sometimes it's hard. I It shouldn't be. I'm, of course, grateful for so many things, but sometimes mm-hmm. I'm just grateful that the sun is shining and yeah. that it's nice outside. And I'm grateful that the grass is still green, but just really having an attitude of being grateful every single day has really made a difference in how I'm, how I move. Mm-hmm. I'm learning and it's, it, it is a process because when you live your life, I've, I lived a lot of my life on other people's expectations, Okay, always just a big people pleaser and feeling like I had to live up to their expectations of things that needed to be done, whether it was a specific role or a job or whatever that was. And so for a long time, I was not even looking at what I, Taisha was capable of because mm-hmm. I was so busy doing it. Things that I need to do to fulfill other people's dreams and desires, helping them move along and not even thinking about myself. So I even had to start doing gratitude in a journal just to remind me of who I am. Mm -hmm. Because for a long time I had lost my identity in every in everybody else. You lose your identity in your kids, in your marriage. I was in the military. So my identity was lost there. So, so many places along the way, I felt like little pieces of my identity was being chipped away that when it came time for me to really do the things that I felt God calling me to do and the things that I enjoy, it's almost like I didn't know who I was. Mm. So me looking at so many other people really confused me. And yeah. I'm not ashamed to say that as an adult, but it did. It it did really confuse me. And so I've had to take a lot of time to go back and really understand who God created me to be. Mm -hmm. And that has taken time for me to do that because I really had identity issues. Mm. (laughs) I don't that out loud. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I know that you've spent numerous years, 15 years or more in the real estate space and you've also started your own thing with Amplify Impact. I'd love to know one, how you got started in real estate and then two, what's your big why behind doing more and starting Amplify Impact.
0: So, I got out of the military and I wanted to do something completely different. I wanted to do something outside of my comfort zone. And so my friend approached me and said you you would be a great real estate agent. And I'm saying to myself, I don't even like to talk to people. Like, <laughs> there's, there's absolutely no way mm-hmm. I would want to do that. But I felt like it was kind of a challenge a little bit. And I was like, you know what? Let's go for it. So I went and took the class and took my test and I passed and she did not. Oh my. <laughs> Which was really odd because here I was not really out. Wait, how did she take that news? <laughs> I was just seeing what happened. And so she, she was just, she just went again and went again. Uh, it took her a long, it took her a little time to to pass. So she she did, she ended up passing. But I passed and I joined the company that I'm still with today. Now we're almost 16 years, I'm almost 16 years in Wow. And it has been a tremendous ride. I, I enjoy it. I it just it it really brought me out of my shell of, and I don't even know if it was a shell. It just really brought things out of me that are part of my personality. Like okay. talking to anybody, being able to build rapport and have a conversation with anybody. So it really just amplified those things in me that I thought I didn't have. So but I really do. So it was really, it's been really fun. I've been able to hold a lot of leadership positions that helped me understand people at a different level even than when I was then when I was in the military and supervised okay so as I got into these leadership positions and began to sit with people and just talk to them about their production and their business I realized that people that were having trouble it wasn't always because they didn't know what to do to get real estate clients a lot of it was that they had a lot of life going on oh. that was, that was stopping them from doing the activities that they need to do to be successful at work. Okay. Okay. And it could be their marriage or just them, them feeling like they don't know enough to go out and do whatever the, the activities are. So as I had started down the, that path, I realized that people needed coaching and just professional development area of how to um, really trust themselves, yeah, and to step out to do what it is that they desire to do, and so I started teaching classes, and the classes could be about communication. It was about leadership and different things like that. And from there, I realized that that's just something that I love. I love, I say, my I say, I, I turn lights on. Yeah, <laughs> I love teaching people. And helping them see that, oh my gosh, I can do this, regardless what it is, I can do this. And so from there, I just was like, okay, here we go. I'm going to step out and do this. And I started off at first, my company was called Bridges Coaching and Consulting. Okay. I mainly geared towards real estate agents. And I, I had such a fun time with that. And then I realized that, wow, this is great. And I feel like I was really helping people. But at the end of the day, my core belief is that when you put God in the mix of it and you put the word of God on top of it, like sky yeah. is the limit, God is yeah. the limit. And that's my heart. My heart is helping people understand where they fall within the word of God. And so I decided that the main thing I saw people having trouble with getting stuck was just fear. They would get paralyzed with fear. From things that somebody told them years ago, they would never be able to do X, Y, and Z. You'll never make it in this. You'll never be any good at this. And I saw that in their professional life, that fear was creeping back in and it would make them stop and question themselves. Yeah. So I started coaching people around those fears that they have and how to get over and how to move past the fears that were crippling them. And that's when Amplified Impact came about, which was a couple of years after that. And the whole purpose and the big why behind Amplified Impact is to move people past that fear into purpose, into those desires and dreams that they have by really helping them understand who they are and when it lines up to the word of God and who God says that they are and helping them just flush that fear right on out so that they're not living in the fear. But understanding that. that while there are times that we don't understand and we don't have all the pieces and we can't see the full puzzle, I'm one that likes to see the beginning, the middle, and yeah. the end. Yeah. <laughs> the end. <laughs> do that for me all the time, but I want to know that. But what God has been showing me is that helping people understand that why you don't have all the pieces, you still have to move. Mm-hmm. You still have to move your feet. You still have to take action. And so I call it moving in the dark. Like lights are off. You can't see, but you still have to move. Yeah, And behind that is the whole premise that we walk by faith, not by sight. So we don't necessarily need eyesight for that. But if you believe yeah. what you're doing and we're trusting God for the outcome, we got to move. Yeah,
1: I love that. And from that, you've also birthed a podcast. I'd love for you to share with the listeners just more about your podcast, the podcast name, when they can go and check it out if that's something that they would want
0: to do. <laughs> So the podcast name is Amplified Impact also. The podcast journey has been fun. And I definitely would love for anyone that's interested to go and take a listen. I talk about not anything in specific. (laughs) I talk about a lot of random things. However, everything that I do talk about is based on just encouraging someone from my experience that something that God has maybe walked me through or something he's working with me on. Because I know that a lot of times you feel like you're the only one out there that's going through something. And you're just trying to figure out why is this only me or who else deals with this? Who else is sitting up at night worried about some of these silly things? And so the podcast is more about me just being able to share encouragement, truths from the word of God, and really just give people hope. And that's what the the big why right now is behind the podcast. And so that's what keeps me going. And you can tune in weekly. <laughs> you can tune in weekly. And I just, I want people just to draw strength and encouragement from the podcast. Strength and encouragement and hope is, is what my desire is for anybody that listens.
1: Yeah. What advice would you give to the person that continuously allows fear to control them, to move past that fear and take action?
0: I think first you have to be able to identify where you're seeing that fear show up the most. Um, Sometimes it's not easy. I know people will say you have to go back and identify the root of the fear, but sometimes it's not that easy to go back and identify the root of a fear specifically. Mm -hmm. But I noticed that if you can recognize when you feel fear, you can usually tie it back to something that way. So the first thing I would say is you definitely have to be able to identify the fear. Don't ignore it and don't run from it because it will continue to show up over and over and over again but identify identify the fear and then i would say that again write that write it down to me it, putting things on paper writing down exactly what it is that you're feeling and and when you're feeling that that emotion or feeling that fear and then reading it and saying is there anything true in this statement that i wrote about how i'm feeling anything And then again, going back to the word of God and seeing what God has to say about fear and about the spirit of fear and how how he tells us that his perfect love casts out all fear. Once you do that, and to me, once you line up with the word of God, put scripture with it and then that's what you meditate on. And every time you feel that fear come up and it it could be as simple as putting the scripture on your phone or putting the scripture on a piece of paper that you can pull out and read it. Because I think that the more you focus on something positive, it will drive that fear out. hmm because I do believe what you focus on expands. And when we sit and just focus on that fear that we have or that emotion, it just gets bigger. And it it seems to just consume your your every being, everything that you do. But to me, when we sit and focus on, we put a scripture with it, focus on something positive. Maybe you write an affirmation. If you can pull that out every time you feel that fear creeping in and just read it out loud, not silently, but read it out loud to yourself as many times as you have to and then you just continue to move. So I think it's just acknowledging it. Is it true or not? Typically, it's not true. If it's something that needs to be dealt with, some fears you need professional assistance with. Some fears you need to, you may have to go see a counselor. You might need to talk to someone because some things are rooted in something that you know was traumatic. Or was something that happened to you that you can't handle on your own? And we definitely have to take that serious because it can lead to other things. But for the most part, I think the first thing is just acknowledging it.
1: I love that. Before I let you go, I just have four quick questions I want to ask you. There's no right or wrong answer. Yeah, four. In four, <laughs> four. You just respond with the first thing that comes to mind, okay? Okay. This, the first one is describe age in four
0: words or less. Describe age? Mm-hmm. Age is beautiful, wisdom, knowledge, and sacrifice.
1: Love it. This one is a fill in the blank for you. My name is,
0: and age has taught me. My name is Taisha Andrews, and age has taught me to give myself grace in all things. Love it. Are you asked for
1: permission or asked for forgiveness?
0: I ask for permission.
1: (laughs) What's your why?
0: My why? Gosh. My big why right now is to make sure that my children wake up every day knowing that they are loved so much and that there's nothing in this world that would change that. My wife mm-hmm. has just show them how much I love them every day.
1: All righty, are you comfortable? Silences or non-stop conversation?
0: I'm comfortable with silence.
1: <laughs> all right. what <laughs> final words do I have do you have for our listeners and where can they connect with you after this podcast?
0: Oh, my final words would just be. Uh, to not make temporary situations permanent Mm. and to know that there is joy on the other side of anything that you're going through and that God loves you. And you can find me on Instagram at Taisha underscore A Andrews. And the title there of my Instagram is Amplified Impact. I believe it says it there, but that's where I reside.
1: Yes. Thank you so much for being a guest here, Taisha. I've enjoyed this conversation with you.
0: Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I enjoyed it and it was really fun.
1: Thank you for listening to the Ageless Conversations podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode and you'd like to support the podcast, please share it with others or leave a rating and review. Your review really does help others find out about the podcast. As always, you can head over to my website now at TamekaMcTierre.com to sign up for my email list as well as check out the links and resources in the show notes. That's all for this episode. Talk to
0: you all next week.